0: be here and uh, have a chance to talk to y'all uh, on the Specialty Produce Network. They, they do a lot for our community, and I feel very privileged to be able to use their facilities here to tell you a little bit about sailing. So today we're going to discuss the, uh, what's been going on in Bermuda in, with the America's Cup. We've seen the Louis Vuitton uh, semifinals uh, come to a close today. We saw the first round of Round Robins where the challengers got to race against each other twice. As Let Oracle race with them. That was uh, part of the conditions of the cup, which you never understand why they would do that. They're trying to beat Oracle. Why would you let them come and race against you? But they did. And uh, the summary is that uh, Bermuda has been very nice to the sailors. The wind has been uh, somewhat erratic. Conditions have been 6 to 24 knots of the two weeks they've been racing. They've had two days where the wind was too light to race because the conditions were under 6 knots. And they've had three days where they couldn't race because the winds were over 24 knots. And if uh, these are the situations leading up to the start, the race committee will abandon the races for the day. So we've had five days of no racing, which is, from a sponsor's standpoint, a disaster. Imagine taking all your best clients down there if you're Merrill Lynch and you want to wine them and dine them and take them out to watch the races and there's no races. So, not good. And uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, spectators. The, today's uh, racing, there was only six major uh, yachts out there watching the race and not many smaller boats of any type out watching the races. So, I, I think that Bermuda's financially going to come out of this wondering where the income was going to come from for hosting this event. But um, in any case, what we've seen is that we, in those first uh, round robins where everyone raced each other twice, we saw the, the stage being set for the Louis Vuitton uh, semifinals. We saw, as you might guess, Oracle quite polished, and uh, making few mistakes. Uh, James Spithill got hit, uh, beat at the start about equal-equal, so he wasn't in any uh, glam at the start. But his uh, overall program and the Oracle program uh, ca- came to uh, fruition. And uh, at the end of the first round, Robin, we we saw Oracle at the top of the standings, uh, basically tied with Team New Zealand. Team New Zealand really looked good in these uh, very, very few mistakes. They were able to race around the uh, course Several times, close to 100% foiling, which is not easy. You make one bad tack, the boat uh, digs in, plunges down, and uh, there goes your foiling. But uh, New Zealand showed us the way there and set the bar with uh, several races with 100% foiling. They also had the top speed of reaching to the finish line of uh, 47 knots. So the the boats basically were going 25 knots uh, downwind and uh, 30. Uh, 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 25 knots upwind and uh, 35 knots downwind, but a a blast reached to the finish uh, speed in the low 40s. The water was uh, relatively smooth, not unlike uh, San Diego Bay or Key Biscayne on a a, uh, light-air day. And when it was windy, when the winds were up in the 25-knot range, I would say the chop was something you might, you, what you might expect on a rough day in Bikie Biscayne or a 20 knot day inside uh, Newport, Rhode Island's uh, inner harbor. So you had uh, warm temperatures, high 70s, low 80s, beautiful sunny days, and with the exception of the days when the uh, rain was uh, coming down on those windy days. But no one seemed to mind and everybody was uh, having a good time. So we have uh, Team New Zealand, looking uh, good in the challengers. And uh, Oracle, of course, looking strong as, a put, as the, our defender of the cup. So what happened is that uh, when it came to the semifinals, because Team, Team New Zealand won the uh, opening round-robin series, they got to choose uh, who to race against in the semifinals. France uh, was never really a factor. Frank Camus was uh, over his head. They just showed up there to appease the sponsors, never they were never serious. And they got eliminated, as you might uh, well have guessed. They were 200 to 1 odds in the Las Vegas uh, betting pool and had, really had no chance. So after the uh, uh, round robin, France was out. Team New Zealand decided to uh, pick uh, Ben Ainsley, and uh, the Land Rover uh, challenge to race against it, so that was their option. That left Team Japan, Team SoftBank to uh, race against uh, Artemis Racing. So that was the setup for the uh, semifinals. BAR, Ben uh, Ainsley against uh, New Zealand. And, you know, I heard the announcers talking about, well, gosh, they've come so far. They've really uh, changed their boat and uh, they've made so much improvements. Well, number one. Remember that these boats, you can't change the boats. The boats are all the same. They came out of the same mold designed by uh, Gino Morelli and Pete Melvin up in uh, Dana Point, California. So all the boats are the same. The front the front 10 feet, that kind of that pointed nose like you see on an uh, aircraft uh, from the Air Force, the kind of pointed nose, you could change that a little bit. But basically, they, they, all the boats are – the hulls are all the same. So what – what are the what are the options? Well, their options are in the foils, and in the wing, and that, that that's what's uh, caused uh, what uh, bits of drama that we've seen are the wing and and the uh, foils. So getting into the racing, uh, three days ago, we saw the Louis Vuitton semifinals round start, and uh, as expected, uh, Team in New Zealand looked. Uh, Really smooth. And Ben Ainsley, in spite of spending $100 million, uh, a $40 million uh, facility in Portsmouth, uh, three years of training, and he, I'd be very surprised if he didn't know exactly what was in the Defender's boat, having sailed with them in the in the last America's Cup, you have access to most anything. So if he didn't have the drawings, he certainly had a pretty good idea what these boats should look like. But in spite of all that, in spite of the $100 million, in spite of all the training, they just were not not uh, up to it certainly not the first day in fact they were so despondent they didn't even finish the uh, second race against team team new zealand so after the day 1 of the semifinal round team new zealand up uh, to a uh, 2-0 lead against the uh, the british on the other side of things the artemis uh, sweden challenge the japanese looked pretty good they it was pretty surprising and and Eric uh, was uh, very surprised to see uh, the series one and one after the first day, and uh, then leading into the dramatic second day of the racing in the uh, semifinals. And this has been by far the most dramatic, exciting day for me uh, of the entire series. So what happens now is it's blowing uh, 22, 23. It's blowing hard and rainy and not very nice. So the third race, uh, BAR against uh, Team New Zealand, again, goes according to form. Uh, uh, Team New Zealand didn't really press uh, Ainsley at the start, but they're so smooth and so fast, they went on to win. Uh, They have a a 3-0 lead after uh, three races. But then uh, Team New Zealand has a uh, problem with their spar, They were breaking uh, some of the uh, controls of their mast. So they went in, and in an hour and a half, they were able to change their entire mast, just a Herculean effort. To me, I just cannot believe they could take all the hydraulics, get that mast off the boat, get their new spare mast out on the tarmac with a crane, put it in the boat, hook it up, hook up all the electronics, hook up all the the, uh, hydraulics, and get back out on the race course to race, just— I just unbelievable, unbelievable team performance to to make all this happen in an hour and a half. I don't know if you'd think four or five hours they could do it, but they did all this in an hour and a half. Just an incredible performance. But they were unsettled, and again at the start of the uh, race four with uh, B A R, and uh, and Team New Zealand uh, in the. Uh, New Zealanders were quite seemed to be quite happy just laying back and letting uh, BAR be the aggressor and uh, get this uh, drop on uh, on them at the start. But uh, then what I saw and, and we'll ne- we'll have to go over this and hear all from the uh, actual sailors themselves of what really happened. But what I saw was that uh, BAR got a, a nice jump on on the Team New Zealand at the starting line. And uh, in their uh, uh, trying to catch up quickly after a bad start, the uh, Team New Zealand uh, was not on, uh, on the foiling conditions. And the way you foil is that you can change the angle of the, of the, of the blades at the, on the bottom of your centerboard, and the helmsman can control these blades. So in an ability to pop up on a uh, plane, uh, up on on the foils, the, the New Zealand boat uh, put the uh, uh, foils in a very uh, uncomfortable position for the boat, and uh, the boat reacted uh, to the angle of the foils. It went, to, it went up in the air. It flew up in the air. It was just an incredible sight, actually completely out of the water, and when they came down, the bow landed in the wake of the uh, Great Britain boat. It ran it right in the in the, wa- in the wash, the wake of the boat ahead. And when that happened, the fact that the boat plunged so far out of the water, coming down uh, bow first, it just like tripped over itself. It was like the, they stuck the bows in, the back of the boat kept going, and the boat completely went turtle. It just, come, it just went bow over completely upside down, flipped. Uh, head first, the three of the uh, peddlers from Team New Zealand, the bicyclers that from Team uh, New Zealand, went flying into the water. Everybody, oh my God! Is this is going to be a. It's just this is going to be a huge mess, and hopefully uh, no one will get uh, seriously seriously hurt. And uh, there, uh, when the cameras started rolling around looking for the people in the water, there were three guys hanging. Basically upside down in their little area on the starboard side of the hull, and uh, on the the chase boats from both uh, Team New Zealand and BAR uh, raced into action. They uh, got all the uh, three guys in the water, made sure that they were okay, and uh, Peter Ber- Peter Burling, the uh, helmsman of uh, Team New Zealand, he he must have been just completely relieved. Oh, my God, I killed three of my teammates. What's going to happen? So here's the boat upside down in the water, mast underwater. Uh, Of course, uh, the race went off to to Land Rover, and the BAR was awarded the race because the uh, New Zealand boat never even got across the starting line. But the dramatic footage would show you they righted the boat, They they towed it in backwards into the wind. The whole top of the mast uh, was shredded. Don't forget, this is their backup mast because earlier in the day, they had a problem with their main mast and had to change to the backup. So the wing sail is shredded at the top of the mast. Parts hanging everywhere. The boat's been completely underwater. And anybody that can tell you about uh, marine electronics can just only imagine what uh, was happening down there to the computer and the controls. Uh, With their sophisticated uh, method, uh, Xbox method of controlling the foils, just a huge, 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 huge mess. And no one could ever imagine how they could ever be in a position to get this boat out of the water and repair to race the next day. But uh, here's where uh, good luck and uh, God on your side comes to uh, fruition, because the next day, still windy. As a matter of fact, it's so windy, it's so windy that the race co- races are all called off. So Team New Zealand doesn't have to go out to race. They would have somehow been on the line, my guess. They're never did they uh, say got, die people. They would have found a way. But they didn't have to because they got a whole another uh, 24 hours to go over everything, double check things, make sure they're good to go. But uh, now the store, instead of the score being 4-0, it's now 3-1 uh, to one because of the uh, catastrophe that set in. On the other side of things, on this windy day, incredibly, incredibly <laughs> ama- amazing. The team Japan wins both of their races against the Artemis. So Team Japan is now up three wins to one win for Artemis. So two more wins the next day, Armas going home. But the next day it comes, uh, Team New Zealand uh, goes out and races against uh, the uh, British. They uh, lose the very first race by getting a bad start, can't pass back. And now BAR has uh, got their second notch, their second win against uh, Team New Zealand, but Team New Zealand goes on to win the next race. So at the end of the day, Team New Zealand four uh, wins, only one more win to to take the uh, semifinal place against uh, BAR, and uh, BAR has two, so uh, that that's what happened on on the uh, third day, and then on the as far as uh, the Artemis uh, Nathan Average and uh, the uh, Japanese Dean Barker. Uh, uh, Artemis is is really in trouble. They're 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 down four one, and uh, they they need to come back, and come back they did. They uh, sailed incredibly well, in spite of uh, Japan winning the start on two out of the three races. Artemis comes back and uh, ties the ties the racing up four to four, and then uh, this morning, uh, in this morning's uh, race, Artemis went out. Uh, uh, against uh, Emirates, uh, I mean, against Team New Zealand. Team New Zealand again got the start, but it was very close. Down the, they went, roaring down the reach, uh, forty-five knots down the reach. The uh, races only take sixteen minutes, and they were already to the leeward mark in uh, two and a half minutes. They just flew down, flew down the uh, reach to the uh, mark two of the race and artemis uh, made a little better rounding uh, got up a little bit inside of uh, japan but japan still had the oh, 60 70 meter three boat length lead uh, as they headed off on port towards the boundary when they got to the boundary J- uh, japan has the uh, room to tack uh, so because you can't uh, you're not allowed to go outside the boundary and the other boat has to give you room so at the same time uh, the team uh, japan tacks same South Bank tax Artemis tax to leeward and now we have a, we were on the far right hand corner and now we have a, a drag race to the far left hand corner of the uh, boundaries of, of the race course. and so this doesn't take long folks you know we're only talking 16 total minute race so these legs are only three or four minutes I mean if you blink you miss the whole race so in two minutes Artemis slightly faster you can just see them once in a while they can take a little bite up under the Japanese as they sail off to the port boundary. When they get to the port boundary, Sweden calls for room to tack. Japan chooses to, uh, instead of tacking underneath on uh, a very, very close race and being able to control the race from ahead into leeward, they try to um, do a slam dunk on the uh, Swedes. They cross their bow and tack. Sweden coming at four, five, six knots faster, come in, establish an overlap to leeward coming up, folks, coming up, 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 boys, here we come. And so, of course, uh, Japan has to respond. They weren't up to speed. The uh, Swedes uh, know what they're doing. Nathan Allery is a very experienced guy. He puts them head to wind, stops them, bears off, and then basically race over. So this morning, uh, Sweden dispatched Japan, Japan gone. In the other uh, races against BAR, uh, Team New Zealand came back from all their problems, beat BAR, and uh, won. So we have Land Rover BAR dispatched out, and we have uh, SoftBank Team Japan out, gone. So the stage now is set for the finals of the Louis Vuitton Challenger Series. It's uh, Team New Zealand against Artemis. Well, most of the people that have been watching and have been following this think that uh, Team New Zealand will be for sure the favorite to win. And I have to concur. And Las Vegas concurs too. I think they're about 3-1 to one, uh, to win the cup and uh, Artemis 5-1. to one. So, those gives you some idea of the, the pundits, uh, what they think in Las Vegas. So, as we head into these final round, we'll we, uh, see the uh, New Zealanders favored. But I'm not convinced that uh, this is all quite over yet. Because today, in watching the race carefully, and I guarantee you who else is watching that race care- carefully, and that would have been the the Oracle and uh, James Spithull and his team, because they know exactly how fast Team Japan is. Uh, Japan used all the technology from the Oracle team in getting ready, They've trained against the Oracle. They know exactly in all conditions how fast uh, the Japanese are. But uh, so when they were going upwind there and they saw Artemis digging into the lead there in straight line speed, three, four minutes, it's pretty obvious to the, the astute guy that Artemis had an edge. So if they have an edge on, uh, on Team Japan, then it's probably uh, pretty safe to assume that the uh, well, we don't know because we don't know how fast Ar- Oracle really is. The one the big advantage is in uh, for Oracle in getting to race against all the challengers is they uh, they never uh, have to show all their cards. They just have to sail well enough to uh, win the series, but they don't have to show their real speed. But they get to see how fast all the other boats are. So they know how fast Artemis is, That's uh, but Artemis doesn't know how fast uh, – oracle is so but oracle can gauge uh, the speed of artemis and then the speed of team new zealand as the challengers final series uh, gets started so what we what we're going to see is uh tomorrow i i believe that there's three races scheduled tomorrow and we're going to see the uh, swedes and, and uh, team new zealand go out and i think the weather is is uh, Scheduled to be good. There'll be a big crowd tomorrow. Saturday in Bermuda will probably be the biggest crowd we've seen. And we're going to see some uh, excellent uh, racing Then again on Sunday and again on Monday. So I'm, I'm pretty certain that if things go the way that the race committee would like to uh, hope the weather and, and conditions uh, sort up themselves out, we're going to have a, a challenger for the America's Cup by, by Monday night. Who will it be? Well, I've already had my say on it. I, I think that uh, New Zealand, tough to bet against. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Artemis, if it's windy, if Artemis, uh, if it's windy, will be uh, all that uh, Team New Zealand can handle. And it could come down to uh, to breakdowns. You know, We haven't seen uh, breakdowns affect the America's Cup for many years. But the, some of the most dramatic... Dramatic footage in my, what, 45 years of being involved in the America's Cup, there's been a couple of uh, monumental days that uh, go down in my memory. And when they show the footage of the races, they, they seem to always manage to uh, collect collect it. So the, the first thing that comes to mind is that uh, a windy day in, off San Diego and uh, with a south wind and a west swell, we saw the Australian boat uh, come off a wave and actually break in half. That's it, break in half. So the whole boat, the America's Cup sloop, come off a wave, and we saw the whole boat about at the winches, slightly behind the mast, break in half. And uh, all, whether I guess 16 folks or 15 folks in the water swimming, for their lives. And that boat went down like a rock. So the remnants of that Australian sinking are still what, six, seven miles right on the border between Mexico and, and uh, the United States, uh, 180 degrees from Point Loma. The remains are still down there. That, they never got the boat back. So that was just a calamity and just incredible to me to see that footage. And of course, then The footage that people like to see and uh, and show all the time is that when uh, Stars and Stripes was uh, racing against Team New Zealand in the uh, final rounds of the Louis Vuitton in in Perth, some of you will remember that we had a, uh, on Stars and Stripes, had a nice lead, and uh, going out on uh, Starboard Tack, three-quarters of the way up the second beat, our jib completely split into a million pieces. This came apart. And our amazing work by the Stars and Stripes crew, we practiced uh, having a few problems like this in Hawaii. Everybody knew exactly what to do. Tom Whitten went to the uh, main sheet, and John Wright went to the Port Taylors and the Port Taylor, Billy and, and Adam, uh, ran up on the foredeck. They, they cut the jib loose in no time. They got another jib out of the forepeak. Of course, we had the... Uh, Ability to think ahead, and have, we had our next sail ready to go, it was right on top of the pile. They got that jib up on deck. They put they put it in the feeder. They pulled the sail up. We uh, tacked onto port, and we crossed the uh, Kiwi boat. Just an amazing performance. We never lost our lead, and went on to win the race. So that was uh, a, a huge uh, moment uh, for us. But I think that this dramatic uh, end for end cartwheeling. That we saw last week from team New Zealand will be shown over and over and over again and uh be subject to many 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 conjecture on what happened. I already told you that uh my take on it was that uh Peter Burling made a mistake he is, he made a bad start and he was trying to get the uh, team New Zealand boat up on foils to catch up. He put the uh angle of of the foils into such a position that the boat to get it up on a on a foil quicker he put uh, the pedal in the position for maximum uplift the boat uh, took off and maximum uplift all right you would have thought it was a uh, f-18 taking off from Limerick field it just went flying up in the air and when you see this footage you just you'll just wonder how they ever survived and when that uh, boat came down and went to a turtle I it was just my my heart went my stomach. And just, just hoping that nothing bad would happen. So we've had we've had breakdowns affect the race racing before, and depending on the wind conditions, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mother Nature uh, won't have another say as to who's going to win this cup. If, if we know that it can uh, blow quite hard in, in Bermuda, the limit does seem to, doesn't seem to blow much harder than about twenty four or twenty five knots, which is the upper limit but uh, if they have to race in those conditions certainly could be either boats uh, uh either the challenger or the defender that will will win and uh, probably much the same here in the uh, challenger's challenger's round so monday we're going to see uh, an official challenger for the america's cup and then we're going to uh, have the j boat racing down in australia they're all tied up there at the hamilton princess when i say all there's six of them down there it's quite the convention for, for all the sailors because uh, these the folks that own these J-boats, of course, money is no object. They can't get enough good people down there. So you'll see oh, Vince Brune and uh, down there with Tom Siebel, and you'll see uh, 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 Tom Witten there and uh, Gary Wiseman. I'm not sure if he'll be there, but he, he could very well be included. You'll see Mike Topa and... Uh, Peter Eisler you'll hear you'll see all the uh, um rock stars down there at the Hamilton Princess I can only imagine the uh, bill for the Stark and Stormies for these owners fortunately they they can uh, they can afford it but these uh, monster boats will have a couple of exhibition races out in the uh, sound and there'll be 40 imagine 40 actually you hear me 40 people racing on these boats The owner has no idea who the crew really is. He knows the afterguard and the tactician and navigator, but he'll be introducing himself to the rest of the the crews the rest of the week. So we're going to see these boats uh, race uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then we're going to, uh, by then, uh, we're going to know who our official challenger will be for the Cup, and the racing will begin a week from tomorrow for the America's Cup. There'll be a race a week from tomorrow, another uh, a couple races on Sunday, and then a week later, we'll have the finale of the America's Cup. So it's all coming to fruition quite quickly, folks, here. Hard to believe after three years, you know, we're down to the wire. To me, an interesting part will be is to see who the winner is because the winner gets to determine the challenger of record. And while they've all agreed on a for, uh, format, if uh, Oracle wins for the upcoming races to race again in two years in these similar boats, I don't think that uh, New Zealand has, is part of that accord. So if New Zealand wins the Cup, everybody will be standing by to see what, um, who they pick as their challenge or record, and then the two of them will get together and decide what boats to race and when the next Cup will be. The uh, cycle for the Cup seems to be getting closer together as the search for money is ongoing and the sponsors like to uh, have some way to plan their budget. So I I would guess that there will be another cup race in two to three years from now in the uh, summer of 2020, possibly 2019, but 2020 is uh, a good guess, especially if the racing goes uh, down under to the Kiwis. So this is uh, your friend Dennis Connor trying to give you an update of his perception of the racing in Bermuda and I'm hoping that uh, you're enjoying it and that uh, you'll uh, tune in when I give my update on the Louis Vuitton uh, finals uh, next um, Monday or Tuesday and again a great big thank you to the Specialty Produce Network for allowing me the privilege to use their equipment and really produce this uh, podcast for you so It's Dennis Connor uh, signing out for now. Uh, Hope you have a wonderful weekend.